Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast. We're recording here on a dark, wet, horrible, minging, disgusting night. It's all one big metaphor for how things seem. Metaphor being a for Sunderland, the, for Sunderland fan at the moment. <laughs> Sunderland. That's how Irish people say it, isn't it? Sunderland. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to offend anybody or, no, or not. No, it's just, you know, putting there. Uh, Tweet us uh, at Wise Men Say Pod <laughs> if you're offended by Stephen saying that's how Irish people pronounce Sunderland. Sunderland, I've definitely heard him say that before. Uh, never mind. Uh, talking of Irish people, we did ask slaves. He he rang in sick from his work the day he was coaching. Bless him, and he had to go home because he's got the flu. Dear me, he's not very well. Bless his cottons. Pathetic. So he can't come and talk about Sunderland tonight with us. Uh, but who can? Uh, we have Mickey Loff, of course. Yep. I'm here. I'm ready yeah, to go. Yes, I'm, I'm, there you are. Yep. There, there he is. is. No there flu is. for me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Tom Lynn is with us again, obviously, uh, former editor of The Wayside Raw, been involved in um, fanzines for a very long time. Oh, yeah. How long exactly, Tom? Oh, well, roughly. Probably been doing stuff for best part of 25 years, I would have thought. Yeah, on and off. What would be the editorial tone of your fanzine at the moment, Tom? If you had one going still. <laughs> um, pretty hard at the moment, I think. Obviously, the quality of the match on Saturday was diabolical, basically. Um, and although Jack Ross probably had to be replaced, we've just seen to have gone backwards under Phil Parkinson. I don't know at this moment if I would say he should be sacked, but I think he's got a big, big job on his hands to like convince people because the standard of football, not just on Saturday, but you know, take away maybe Shrewsbury away when we're... You would contest run lucky hit the bar three, you know, the woodwork three times. Oxford away, played okay, lost on penalties, and obviously would be Tranmere five nil, but outside that there's been some pretty horrendous showings, particularly, you know, Gillingham in the cup, hundred and twenty minutes without a shot. Um, losing at Scunthorpe and then as I say, Saturday. Just the players just didn't really seem to know what, what they were doing, particularly in the midfield area. It was just so negative. And, and you sit at the game, uh, and the only emotion I'm feeling at the moment, I just feel as though I'm bored. And the thing that keeps me going to games is like people like us and you know your mates who you've gone to football with for ages, and the fact that it's actually it's my club and I'm not going to walk away from it. Mm. But uh, yeah, just, it's it, it's pretty dire at the moment. I, that, I mean, we touched on it before that you know Phil Parkinson was appointed, and when he when it was discussed, you know the kind of manager to come in, you know we would be the appropriate manager, and you know. I know the lads touched on the reaction on on uh, Saturday, but you know the comments about you know yeah we turned our nose up at Chris Hewton. And when we discussed it, it it wasn't about turning your nose up at Chris Hewton. 
It was about what what do we need at the moment? Somebody to come in and like because Chris Hughes known as defensive manager. That was basically the mm. the um, you know the, the gist of it really. And you know we're in a situation now that we feared where we brought we brought somebody in who wouldn't have been many people's choice, but that's fine. You know, you know people have football opinions and they'll, they'll bring somebody in. We weren't in the interviews or whatever. There might be something there that they can justify why they the point Phil Parkinson. No problem. But we knew that if the performances in terms of their intensity and et cetera didn't improve um, and the results kept on taking a, a negative turn, this, the mood in the ground was, like you say, it was going to be people aren't aren't going to respond to what they're seeing. And I think the worst fear in that regard, it's it's worse than I expected if it was going to go wrong. Yeah. And at the weekend, I felt like we'd lost the... Like when you score a last-minute equaliser at the game, you should be like coming out buzzing. Mm. And like I was, I thought we'd, it would felt like we'd been beaten and almost in a way. It felt like, you know what, we didn't... We deserved to lose that game. And if we if that goal hadn't gone in, I don't think I'd have been. I don't think I'd been bothered. Like, in, like the the feelings were exactly the same. I'm, yeah, I, I think even felt, the, even yeah. the previous home game against uh, Southend, it felt the same. We won one 0 so it was great to win. But the, the game was flat, and the feeling was flat. You walked away and just thought. I think we we stuck up for them after the Southend game, but I think that was before you we did. went out. The, well, we went out in the cups in the manner that we did. So we're all saying we're not bothered about going out of the cups, but when you're going out, when you're going out by just surrendering the way we have done it all just uh, compounds what we're talking about here doesn't it I've never ever ever subscribed to this or it's just automatically a good thing to go out the cups I just don't understand how losing games of football can ever be considered a good thing naturally we would have got knocked out of competitions when we faced a side which was better than us well but sorry but we beat Burnley and we beat Sheffield United yeah of course but as I said at some point we would have faced like a Manchester City for example and then we would have got knocked out but this idea that you almost it was desirable to get knocked out, whereas we went into them games and it's not as if we played the kids or we experimented. We went there with what was probably our best team and all the crack before the game from Parkinson and um, his assistant was we are going into these games to win them and we just went and lost in the most pathetic manner like possible. To lose to, to an under-23 side um, and then to follow that up by losing to a team who are you know, in the bottom five of the football league, comfortably. Yeah, and after, after that game disgusting. as well, he said we were down to bare bones. But if you look at our side, it was it's just not it's true. still had a you know a handful of internationals and yeah. This, this is the thing with our squad. So we're saying so right. You know, before we, I mean, we're going in on Parkinson a little bit. I wouldn't say it's two footed, but and I've got stuff to say as well, which I'm going to about. But um, how much of it is down to the down to him, down to the players? Because you can't tell me that this side. It, it's normal that they look so much weaker than they were last season. Yes, they've lost a couple of players, but even the start of the season, we were complaining at Gritton because we won 3-1 and we knew this side were capable of more. And they've just regressed so much that you do, where do you start? There's the rumours, well, that there are, there are divides amongst the players as well. And it's all just going into the pot at the moment and it's not looking good for us. Yeah, I think Grant Ledbert um, suggested after the Scunthorpe game, and he, I don't know if... You, People have seen the interview, uh, it was on SAFC.com, but he just looked absolutely flat and he, he made a comment um, halfway through about the need for everybody to get together, which almost insinuated that um, it isn't like that. And you can, I don't know, you can almost tell when you look at us, 
particularly you know going back to Saturday, there's not a, a hundred and ten percent togetherness about the way we play. There isn't that um, this high press and high intensity game that Phil Parkinson is alleged to prefer. And I know that we're probably going to need players in it and play with a bit of pace, etc. But I just think the quality of the performances has has gone down, and maybe. If there are things going on behind the scenes that are negative, they need to be sorted out quickly. And if, he, and, if, and if he's coming out and saying that we don't have the players to play this game, and we know he don't, and, he, and he's, he's referencing we need more pace, we need more power, which is right, and it's no different from what we're all saying, but you don't go out and try and play a way if you don't have the players to do it. I mean, that's just well, what way is he trying to play? basic... Well, but that's what I'm seriously saying. The problem is we don't have the pace and power to do the pressing game that we need to do in this division. So he's, so he's either trying to do that with these players... Well, we did it against Tram, yeah. Or he's trying to do something else. And we try to do which it against, I'm not sure what it uh, is. against Shrewsbury. The players aren't playing for him. That's the bottom line. Like, Agreed. talk about tactics. Look, look at the body language. That's Gunthorpe game. Disgusting. The heads were, were down all through the game. Look at someone like Max Power, who's usually, like, you say what you want, you know, people have opinions on his football and ability, that's fine. Yeah. But in terms of his attitude and approach to the game, even if he's having a bad game, his head's up. You know, he's alert, he's, you know, always clapping, trying to encourage. He's just walking around, his shoulders are slumped, his head's down. That's some. That's one of the most enthusiastic members in, in somebody who's been a captain and has captained this team and has captained other teams and he looks like he'd rather be anywhere else and I don't think that's in his character. And all this thing about, oh, you know, and we kind of had a joke about it in the group chat, didn't we, before, like, Parkinson was announced about, they'll come out and say, you know the ref- his references are outstanding and all that, and sure enough, there is the lines in yeah. the the lines in the announcement of the thing. You know his, his references are outstanding. Well, who are you asking? Who who are you asking? Because like when you look at the reaction of ex players and players who've played under him, it's quite the opposite. And they're the ones who are going to have to get us results. Not some some bloke who's been in the game for twenty years yeah. is like you know faffed about scouting or whatever, and like is you know pally pally with a load of people. And probably including Phil Parkinson. That's where the last people for references, you know, the, you know, good football men, as the you know the cliche goes. That, that as well. But that's what it is. Oh no, oh no, he's a good guy. He'll do this. He's great. He'll do that. Yeah. You know, this, to the point now we're, fab, we're fabricating the fact that he's you know sorry, Mickey, I'm going on, but we're fa- you know fabricating the fact that he 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 stabilised Colchester in the championship. Nonsense, rubbish. He left and went to Hull and then got sacked. He's been promoted from this division twice in 16 years. That's not a record, solid record of promotion at this division. So what I get a bit frustrated at, I feel as though, you know, people can say what they want about Sunderland fans, but the, this, I feel as though we, we, we constantly have the wall pulled over our, our... Well, people think they can pull the wall over our eyes, the way they talk to us. And, or, you know, managers come out and say this and that about the way the team's played. It's absolute rubbish. Yeah. It's like, we're not stupid. Well, the, not word, the word expectations is going to be coming out again soon, oh, yeah. which, which is another difficult place to play at the stadium. Expectations, well. In fairness, fuck, I watched the press conference and that question was absolutely fed to want to play. It wasn't a case of Parkinson coming out and yeah. trying to say that. It was um, Don Fulis from Look North came out and said, oh, well, obviously, the stadium lights a very difficult place to play. And obviously, with all the fans being against you like VR at the moment and kind of really kind of loaded the question. Watch. Did not just reject it then? Well, he pretty much did. It, it, it looks a lot worse, like when you see it written down, his comments and what he actually said. Because yeah. he, he, did, he did kind of say, well, well, no, he said the fans, like, while I've been here, have been, like, good and supportive. And 
when we um, do like kind of like show application and effort, the fans do really get behind us. And as I say, didn't quite throw us under the bus, but our narrative's not... trying to make a comeback, though, isn't it? Yeah, oh, we, we we took a while to shake it off. Yeah, oh, I mean, it's absolutely infuriating. Or some of the comments that Parkinson is making, by the way, in the media. So when he got asked if it's a must-win game, and he came out and said, "Oh, it's not a must-win game; it's a must-play to the best of our ability game." Like it's not, an, it's not an egg and spoon race. Yeah. Like it, it's something yeah. an under tens coach it, would say. It, it's suddenly the FC in League One. Every game is a must-win game at the lowest point in our history. So expect you know, fuck off if you're going to talk about having expectations that are unrealistic. By the way, um, echo, it's echoes of David Moyes for me. That's what with, I with, with yeah, Parkinson totally because he's good. I just worry. That he's looking at the performances, and because Bolton was so terrible in his last two years there, he sees this as an improvement on that, mm. is my concern, yeah. and that he actually sees that this is an improvement. Well, you know, we're better than, I think we're better than the Bolton team I had, you know, we're, we're plugging away, we're doing all right, when everybody who's here sees the massive drop off in performance from yeah. what Jack Ross was getting out of the players. Massive drop off. Yeah, well, when, he, when he left um, Colchester and went to Hull, he got sacked after six months at Hull. He got well appointed in the August and he left by the December. Then he went to Charlton, worked as assistant manager like Alan Pardew and eventually got the job on a full-time basis after being given it as a caretaker manager in which period he didn't win a game um, and eventually took them down into the third tier for the first time in 30 years. So I think this business about him, you know, he's won two promotions, but like we've said, it's in 16 years. You know, that's that's quite a period. And it's, you know, it's also pertinent that none of the, you know, the bigger clubs, even the bigger championship clubs have, have come in for him. Yeah, at, I, worry. I, just, I just worry that this, this Bolton job has broken him. And, and similar to the way Moyes was broken at Manchester United, and, you know, and... And at a short of the time, come out and says, well, you know, David Moyes has got the track record in this division, gets us to where we want to be. And yes, he did before he went and took over at Manchester United and before he went to Spain as well. And these things can break people. And, and yeah. football can move on quite quickly. Tell you now that despite, like, as I mentioned before, the, the length of time between Howard Wilkinson winning the league championship in England, the champions of England, his team were champions of England, to the time he got here and did what he did, is a shorter time frame than the time that Phil Parkinson got Colchester promoted and to where he is with us now. Yep. That's it. It's long. It's it was a shorter time frame, and he'd won the Premier League. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, he like get, it. We did get bored. Oh, he did. He, he did. But that's yeah. But you're that, right. But this is somebody who had been told who's got a track record of from. I think quickly going back to well. this. Quickly going back to the situation with the fans as well and expectations. Um, you know, it's been levelled by a lot of the the northeast media, who, if anything, should be. Um, in, in general, I'm talking here. Should be doing a little bit more to ask a few questions about the club. Um, this has been going on for like a number of years, but particularly under David Moyes, he, you know, he he got away with absolute murder, and then the appointment of like Grayson and Coleman, it just nothing was ever asked. If it if it was Newcastle, um, there'd have been a lot more said before now. Um, obviously, we all know that a great proportion of the northeast media are actually Newcastle supporters, and it's not like wrong to say that. It's a fact. And Sunderland's demise just seems to be like going by the by in the in the wider yeah. in the wider media, and the talking about expectations of fans is just the biggest cop out of all time. Because yeah. if anything, if we're going to be frank, you know, like Sunderland fans have been too placid, yeah. we've been too soft, and we've we've almost 
put up with this situation and anybody who speaks up says, oh, you know, you, you can't complain too much because that's what the mags do or the, yeah. and, and, and such like. But I think it's got to a point now where we need a unified voice to yeah. say, look, this just isn't good enough. The narrative that I'm getting really, really annoyed at as well is people are turning around and saying, oh, well, you all wanted rid of Jack Ross. You've oh, got to be careful. One, that is the stupidest argument yeah, of all time. You've got to be careful what you wish for, blah, blah, blah. It's not a choice of... You sack Ross and Phil Parkinson is the only manager. There's only two managers in the world. Apparently, well, Jack Ross and Phil Parkinson. Well, this by is that it. Logic. it. It's not. It's perfectly legitimate when you go into the match every week and you're seeing the level of performances drop off for way of a worm to Jack Ross to criticise and to say, well, maybe he's reached the end of his tenure here. But it's not our job to then go out and scout the new manager. I hate that argument as well. Oh, who would you have then? Well, a lot. There's a lot of candidates that we put forward as suggestions who have a much better track record than Phil Parkinson. I mean, Daniel Stendhal's out of a job, and we didn't. By well, all accounts, we didn't even bring men- approach well, him. Mental, apparently, mentally, it might have been too difficult for him. Sorry, like, but we've, part, now, after, now we've brought somebody and he was lost every week for the last. Yeah, one of the most stressful months. jobs you probably could have in football. The Parkinson's had. If anyone needs a rest, it was him. Well, yeah, agreed. Totally, agree. <laughs> absolutely, massively agree. It's good, isn't it? Um, I mean, you know. I, I mean, on your David Moyes' point. I made this point on Twitter at the weekend. Wilkinson Moyes, it's echoes of that. It's the Moyes. It's the Moyes. It's it's definitely we've 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 appointed somebody who you'd look at it. Mind there was a lot more excitement about bringing David Moyes in when we did, but it was like it was the the approach. Well, it's a logical, safe pair of hands. Somebody who knows the league, all this kind of stuff. But to win. And then Roy was right on the reaction at the weekend to win two games in ten in the Premier League. And I know there's been cup games in there, but to win two games in ten in the Premier League, people would be fuming about it, even yeah. though we've been so poor at that level when we've been there in the last few years. Yeah. When we when we were there, that was actually my point, Gareth. But oh, sorry, oh. sorry, mate. Sorry, apologies, <laughs> but it was a good point. Well done, congratulations. But it, it, it's at the moment. When Ross went, it was just an opportunity to bring somebody in to give the club a lift, and yeah, they, you know exactly, they must know exactly that these supposedly intelligent people. Um, and out of the you know the candidates, there was about half a dozen that were getting mentioned all the time. He was probably the least likely if you'd, if you'd asked thirty thousand season card holders or, or people who attend the match um, to, to name the top three, he wouldn't have been anybody's number one. He wouldn't have been one's number three. But we get to, we get told that you know well it's you know it's arrogant. You're being arrogant. It's, you think you're bigger than you are. It's not that. It's a, it's assessing the situation like and the requirements. And this is a problem we've got across the board. Now, I'm not saying like fans know everything and they don't know the ins and outs of what goes on at a football club every day and the things that lead to the decisions that are made. I accept that totally. However, on a basic level, if and going back to the point again about recruitment, if there's 30,000 people turning up every week in that stadium and saying, we need more pace and power, how can our club go out and not recruit anybody with those attributes in the summer when we need to tweak the squad. And now they're acknowledging that we need and it. And now they're acknowledging that we need it. Mm, yeah. Everyone got to acknowledge that we needed somebody who's going to come in and, like you say, Tom, give everybody a lift. Now, we could be, you know, running around helps. Yep. You know, somebody who's going to get people yep. running around, somebody who's going to, you know, try, you know, at least try and give people a lift. And you get people on side, and even though if you don't play well or some results don't go as well, you still got a little bit of cash in the bank, whereas this, it's almost like we st- we were like we were in debit, and now we're like you know 
we're going to the bank to the bank to extend our overdraft. It's it's that bad, you know what I mean? That's yeah. that's where Parkinson is, and I know it. And people will say as well, oh well, you can't say about second Parkinson. It's reactionary and it's not fair. And he needs January. Why does he need January? Yeah, you got to earn January, uh, earn the right to go the, and spend money. The other money? question is, you know, on the basis of the evidence so far, does he get to January and be given a lot of money to spend? Can you could you trust him with it? This is it. Though, and if it? and if we keep if we keep, you know. Fail in the next few weeks, then you know, like it or not, despite our name, we're not going to be an attractive proposition. The owners, as well, they've completely made their own bed over this. So, on the night that Jack Ross got sacked, um, Sue Donald went on Total Sport and he said, On record, Jack Ross has been sacked because, in his opinion, he was not going to guarantee us promotion. And we set us 100 point target at the beginning of the season. And we, and his criteria was we had to get promoted. Well, how is winning, and as I say, I know some of them being the cup, but how is winning two out of your first 10 games anywhere? Are you guaranteeing promotion? You've set your own criteria, which isn't being met, so you then can't turn around at the fans and say we're being demanding when we're actually, yeah. we actually weren't anywhere near as demanding as like you said, Stephen, sent 100 points at the start of the season. That was an absolute disastrous thing to do. Yeah. And it completely, it just tallies with so many, you know... Trumpian it's, statements. It's, it's it's just bomb, conflict, it's, the message just is conflicting. Yeah. It, changes, it changes every week. It goes from we, we should be smashing the league and Sunderland deserve this and of course we deserve this and failure to get promotion is a failure to your expectations are too high. You need to be realistic. You're in League One and it changes and it goes up and down. It fluctuates. You know, bombastic and it, and bombastic pole, statements. Pole opposite. Yeah, every time it's the opposite of what they told us before. Richard Hill saved the club. We've got the best transport in League One. We're the most professional club at this level of all time. All this stuff. Stop, yeah. stop saying it. Statements that can't be quantified either. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and people might say, oh, well, you know, you're having to go and moan about the owners again. You know, ultimately, you know, they're accountable. And, like, don't forget that because this is the worst it's ever been, ever. And, like, if you can sit, if you can sit on your hands and think, oh, this is great, just because the seat's a bit of a brighter colour that you're sitting on in the ground... You've been bought pretty easily because the venom that I've seen in, in you know in previous seasons when the situation's been a hell of a lot better than this is not is in, in now it's like I wouldn't even say it's apathy it it almost feels a little bit like acceptance in some regards and like I can't accept this nobody should be accepting this I mean it's something I've been thinking quite a bit lately it's almost a year since the uh, first episode of, sorry the first series of Sun until I die dropped and I remember we all sat and watched that when it came out. And it was almost like a cautionary tale of like, this is absolutely as bad as it will ever get. And you look and you're watching it and you're thinking, well, yeah, it's, it's, it was almost funny because it was like, oh, look at how chaotic we were. But now at least we're sorted out. And in a year, it's gone to a point where we're arguably we're in a much worse shape than what we were when that the time period that documentary covers. And it's just an absolutely staggering like term because... It's not a football field without a doubt. We're in, yes. a, we're in a position where you kind of, as I said, everybody at the time knew that Grayson probably wasn't good enough, a bit similar to Phil Parkinson, but you can't blame him, him entirely because you look around the squad, it looks divided, it looks fractured, players aren't playing to the potential. So, and as I say, you're kind of scrambling around trying to find like who to really pin the blame on. And it's just, as I say, it's just absolute we're, chaos. We're a Blackpool in the league under Grayson. Above us. Yeah. Now, I know it's like a, a bit of a, you know, child like school school ground you know school playground argument oh well they're better than us because they're high up the league at the moment but you know he's got far less lim- far more limited resources at Blackpool than he'll, than he'll have at Sun- than he had to work with at Sunderland or would have had to work with at Sunderland you know and, he, and he's you know putting a team out that are 
they started the season well, had a bit of a dip, but and I'm not I'm saying like Simon Grayson's the greatest manager in the world or whatever, but like at this point in time, I'd rather have Simon Grayson than Phil Parton. So I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but it's true. It's, it's just telling over. Like I don't know how long we've been recording so far, but we haven't even really touched much on the actual like match itself on Saturday. We've just been. Talking. Well, it was more the same, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just there's nothing. There's nothing to a big add. Big gaping there's hole no, in the middle of the park. There's, there's nothing to add yeah. to it. There's nothing out to it. I mean, personally, I, I I know what you're saying about he needs to earn the right for January and stuff. But I've I've let's just say we're caught, I've never been one to like just you know just see a man. I I think I think in theory every manager should get one transfer window personally. But it's my concern is the regression has been so yeah. vast and you can't just rule that out. It's not. You know, it's it's a football team, and you, you know it's not like it's not like other business models where you know it's 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 there in black and white. We're watching it, and we're yeah. watching the performance of us drop staggeringly yeah. to you're, a staggering you're, you're level. Eyes, your eyes don't lie, and I mean already he's lost nearly as many matches as Jack Ross lost in his whole, you know, tenure. his whole tenure. And I think that um, you know he lost his job after six months at Hull. Uh, I don't want to. This doesn't really want to be like a, a Phil Parkinson hate campaign, but you can only you can we'll, we'll, we'll get accused of that. Don't you, worry. We you, might even call the name of the podcast. Yeah, we you, you, yeah. Can I be the chairman of the committee? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can only go by what your what your eyes tell you and what everybody's saying and everybody's feeling. You know, it's quite it's quite an emotional thing to sit in the ground and just see everybody in almost complete depression. You go down at half time and there's no buzz. It's just people standing around, staggering at what the what they're witnessing and it's a, it's a matter of how long it can go on you know and really? you, as I keep saying do you really trust them to buy five or six players because that's what they're talking about and what you've got to do as well well five or six players is half a team and they're going to have to be players who are going to go into that team now if he has it looks as though to me that and you know somebody could easily refute this because again it's subjective but it looks to me that the players don't want to play for him so you know, then he's going to get his five in. It's going to be there's going to be further divide in there unless they come in and like really lift lift everybody and pulling everyone together and the results start to improve and all that. But you know, there's going to be these new faces coming in, brought in by the manager. And if the players are so like not enjoying it, to the extent that they are, maybe they think they'll start seeing it a bit of all the, they're his his players. You know, mm. that you, you see that happen in in teams. You know, like look like down the years at like. In various football clubs, you know, you look at someone like well, Noise Brunt, Fellaini, you know, look at, you know, there's always managers have the favourites and bring people in. I'm not saying he's going to bring favourites in because I'm hoping they're not going to sign players who he signed when he was a Bolton when they had no transfer budget. But Sammy Amiobi, where's he's, he now? He's doing really well, not in Forest, yeah. Oh, yeah. well, oh, well. They would be <laughs> a great, good sign that then, would yeah. be great, <laughs> that would, that would be exactly, he's exactly the kind of player we could do with. Someone fit like. Tall, pacey, runs of people. Look at that, Isu. So, against, so that we, I've done a massive 180 there. Go and sign Sammy yeah, Amiobi yeah. is, what, is what the message is. Yeah, it's <laughs> look at Scunthorpe, you know, the the lad. I think it was actually, it's a Moise's brother, I think, or cousin or something. I could yeah. be, it could be wrong. Is it his brother? It's some relation, anyway. Yeah. It, it absolutely tortured us. And I'm so, I know it's it's one game and you'd have to watch somebody like that. That's exactly the kind of play we're missing. Somebody mm. who picks the ball up, is big, physical, wants to run with it, you know. question but, is, though, did he wear gloves? Oh yeah, I think well. c- coming back, <laughs> coming back to the present day, I think the fact is that a decent manager would be getting a lot more out of what he's got, and why, why, why do the players not re- why they're not responding to what's what what's 
even by I think the C in League One if you're yeah we're not trying to excuse the players here and put all this no, on, on, on yeah. the manager oh no the, the players have got a, a lot to answer for because it, you know in League One apparently if you're earning between two and four or five grand a week you're on like fantastic money and there's a lot of our players will be on a lot more than that or, or a little handful of them anyway the so called key players so it, it shouldn't be about you know financial rewards they've, they've got to have something within their own personality to be given like a lot more even you know their own personal pride yeah um, but that's, it's what, just, that's something we've talked about a lot in our personal pride recently. Yeah, yeah. professionally. Is, is it when I don't know? Is it just playing devil's advocate? Is it when Phil Parkinson walks in the dressing room? They just think, mm, "Who's this?" Doesn't sound very interesting, and they just sort of like switch off. Rather than if you'd had well, a, a few of the characters that could have had the job, they would have walked in and got immediate respect because of what they've done in the game and what they demand. I'm just, I just, yeah. I wish I hadn't listened to a couple of podcasts well, about ex players have criticised them, and then also, and then also, it's valid. Uh, an ex-player who told us a similar story that fits in with this idea that he he doesn't make eye contact with people, he doesn't make big decisions. I mean, this you know, old player was going out too much on trial at one of these clubs and and said that he's told people to ring him and let him know, give him a decision, and then he kept ringing him saying, "Have you made a decision?" And he said, "No, I'll give you one," and then text him later to say, "I'm sorry, we can't offer you anything," which is. Yeah. Awful crack. It is. Um, it is, it is you know, it's especially what, at that level. We're going we're gonna to try and get on onto the football. We've got a game, as Mick said. It's not a must win game, but it's a try your best game against. Um, <laughs> Giving a good go against, against Burton Albion. Are we going to see a free cheese for Burton Albion at full time? So we're going um, to talk about that <laughs> now. A positive, because there's not been many positives. It is Christmas around the corner. And if you're looking to buy your dar something, or your brother something, or your mate something, we've got a suggestion for you, Gareth, haven't we? An item yeah. of clothing. You didn't go through any. Female family members there, Steve. It's not very know, woke, is it? I know, especially when my wife's a season ticket holder. I know. Mm, I know. The highest proportion of season t- female season ticket holders in the country, I believe, isn't it? The Sunderland's fans, so there you go. But yes, use the code WMS10. Um, go from the terraces.co.uk and you'll be get 10% off um, one of our partners. And you will have to do, if you want to have a Christmas um, present, seriously, you're yeah, going yeah, you, to have to do it now because you said by early December. Yeah, but we might have a different offer on, on Thursday, I think. We'll have a chat with him because I think he's going to be driving certain things. But yeah, get yourself in there. Black Friday or something. Maybe he's doing a Black mm. Friday deal. We'll have a word with him. But it's yeah, from, red and white Friday. Yeah, so from the terraces.co.uk, get yourself over there. I've got some really nice poor shirts, hats, sweaters, that sort of thing. Um, use the code WMS10. Um, and you can get yourself a lovely bit of kit for Christmas for yourself or a family member or a friend, non-gender specific. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Right, Sunderland have a game against Burton Arbon, Albion, which I bet loads of people can be bothered with. Uh, just what you need when the weather's as disgusting as it is. There'll probably be 27,000 the official gate. There's probably going to be 10,000 less than that, I would imagine, uh, such as the mood around the place at the moment. But there's a fan zone, so come along to that. And see yeah, yeah that'll be great. In the beacon of light. <laughs> we, we're trying. Uh, he is, yeah. We're going to try and be positive and be happy. I hope he's, not, his, I hope he's not contagious. I think yeah, he said he would let me know if he could do it. Well, what, else is, what else is Sleeves doing, Stephen? He's doing the live show. He with is, us. yeah, yeah. Three tickets left. Three tickets for the live show on it's the sixth of December. Weird, isn't it? Because they went quite quickly, and then it was stuck on like five tickets for ages. Well, and now it's three. <laughs> then my mum and dad bought one each. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. We've then. won two in ten. That's why. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't help. Does people it? don't want to. People want to do things. Could have a drink of us. Yeah, that's we, what we're going to get drunk. That's and the main and thing. you know what? And, and uh, talk about the fans on, and we, we, you know, we will be positive and don't. I know that some people are going to say, oh, be really negative and all that stuff. But this is what, and you know, Tom, being involved in fanzines and stuff, this is what these things are for. We're going to come out, you know, we're not cheerleaders for anybody. And if we are pathetic on the pitch, we're going to sit here and say we're pathetic. And if a manager looks, yes, it's early days, but has 10 games and things can go so badly wrong in those 10 games compared to where we were before, we're going to say it. Yeah. And nobody's going to stop us from doing that. The, the irony is, of course, you know, you win your couple of games in hand and you you were around oh, third. Look, and and and, so. and 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 we've seen this before. And and actually, I was even talking to my brother on the phone before the weekend's game about it. You know, well, Tom and yeah. I even said then, of course, I, st- I still do think we'll scrape in the playoffs because the league's so terrible, and and that we have seen Sunderland teams before suddenly go on runs the time Peter Reid won the league the first time round we were nowhere near the playoffs for the majority of the season and after Christmas we won like nine games in a row and suddenly we, we rocketed right up so it can happen and hopefully we all want to see him succeed and go out and sign some players in January and then for people to say oh look told you so great I really hope that happens hope he does really well absolutely nothing against him as a person as a human being but I can, you know only we're basically looking at the quality of the the way Sunderland Football Club are playing the matches at the moment it's just like being really poor hopefully tomorrow night might be the turning point cliche and it needs to be doesn't it and Burton haven't been doing great this season but we really struggled against Burton last year didn't we 15 from the league Burton aren't they hmm. What's their so it's a mid-table clash it's a division fans. 3 mid-table class we've all perfect symmetry their results as well 1-5 drawn 5 lost 5 I don't know what that says but <laughs> I mean something's got to give Michael <laughs> I think the end of the day, <laughs> you know, it's again, it's it's the the kind of team that we struggle to play against. So. Well, we did last season, didn't we? As I've just said, um, stuffed down there, players <clears throat> turned over really, uh, and then up here we really struggled, and we we got. A, did we get a point in the end? Yeah, but we, I felt like they battered us. It was a midweek game, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, they, they took the lead early on, and in fairness, we actually equalised. I think after about half an hour or something, then White missed an absolutely inexplicable oh, right. sitting. Oh, well, did, it's yeah. explicable in the fact he's Charlie White, and that's what he does. But now, now, it would be <laughs> nasty because the, the, the dent the confidence of all the players if you say nasty things about them. What you've got to do is when they miss a chance from three yards out in an open goal, you've got. to walk down to the touchline and shake the hand and go, well done, never mind. Have I got to sing um, C Senor about a man from Middlesbrough? Yeah, yeah, you do, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Tom, you look like you're going to say something, that 
That's why that, no. that explains the silence, everybody. No, no, yeah. it's just it, it's it, it, it's just amusing to know like where to go with this conversation now. <laughs> if we try, if we try, if we try and take it up, you know, try and take it up a notch um, and look at the positives. If if you do win tomorrow night, um, and then you've got to, you know, two out the next two out the next three games will be at home as well, and obviously gilling them away. No great shakes. It could, it, you know, it, it, I just, it, could, it could turn round. He needs to help himself out here. Yeah. So, like Gareth's just saying there that right, the owners need to stop saying things like we should be smashing the league. We're going to get a hundred points. I, I, I do like that personally. That they stick the chest out, but I would rather they then didn't yeah. contradict the themselves put some and, and, under pressure, and, and, and say that we're, we've got too many expectations. It's kind of in between. They need to be a little balanced. Now it's the same for the, the manager can help himself out here because this, if this is the players turning this in. And in fact, it's all down to their attitude. And, and the manager needs to help himself out by coming out and saying, and we've, we've said this before about what Chris Wilder said earlier on in the season when Sheffield United won a game, said, I'm not, you know, my fans aren't stupid. We didn't play very well and didn't deserve to win the game. Yeah. He should be... Now, you don't have to go full on and try and get the players totally offside, but he should be alluding to the fact they should be doing better than this. Yeah. And Sunderland as a club should be doing better than this. And don't come out when we play Gillingham away from home and don't have a shot in 120 minutes and say, we gave it a good go. Yeah. Because that is, frankly, pathetic. It's insulting. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even have to have witnessed a game with your own eyes to look at, to just, you don't even have to have listened to a minute of a game to look at the match report and say, Sunderland at Gillingham, shots on target, nil. You know what I mean? What would Roy Keane, you know all the people who are saying they want Roy Keane back, what would he be saying to this, these performances? And everybody loved him and he's allowed to say it, so why is it different now? But we be negative if we if we are suggesting Sunderland yeah. are better than a mid-table Division Three team. Yeah, well, I think that is you know going back to what I said before. I think that's the crux of the whole argument. Although we do need this, that, and the other within the team, um, a decent, a half decent manager be getting like a lot more out of these players. Um, I think there's a drastic over reliance on McGeady and Maguire. Like every time we're in the proverbial. Everybody looks to those two players, and you know everybody's so depressed at the moment. Even you know they're getting stick now, but theoretically, you're always going to need players of that potential in the team because Maguire um, has a lot of potential. But you can also see at times where he hasn't kicked on in his career as much as he should have done. Um, players in fits and starts, but in in relation to what we've got to choose from, McGeady and Maguire have got to be in your team, but they've got to be helped by other players. I'm not sure Maguire's done enough. Last but few games, he was, be- he was better when he went into the middle. I thought yeah. on Saturday, and yeah. like, he was when he went off grid. And actually, Grig looked a little bit better as soon as he had somebody yeah. because, bef- like, yeah. to, oh, we're talking about football now. Yeah. Um, it was him against two de- two centre midfielders and three centre backs, and there was yeah. no support whatsoever. And people are expecting, uh, you know, he's not inspecting a gadget. He's not going to be able to like, yeah. you know, extend his foot fifty yards to trap a ball. I mean, yeah. you know, even, even the Will Grig scenario to be to be fair to him in some ways, although he looks outrageously lazy at times and a little bit half-hearted and is he is he 100% fit I, I don't know but the service that they get is just is awful um, and there's a lot of other players have got to be like stepping up to the mark you know some of the other senior pros it's just a I, I, I tell you, I just really hope we don't go down the route of just because he scored at the weekend to suddenly just throw Kim Yorker in and hope he plays well because this is the thing, I, and I understand why people get excited when like a youngster scores a goal, um, in, when he doesn't get in the team very often. And people now are making the comment, also, where's he been out? Well, if anyone was at the Leicester under-21s game, you'd say exactly why he's not really being involved in the first-team picture. Because 
even when I've seen him under twenty three football, he's got undoubted potential. But he's he, to say he's raw is an understatement. And I, and I just really worry that then um, we are going to make a reactionary decision and we're going to put them in and it's real sink to swim time. And if he sinks, he's not going to be exempt from kind of people getting on his back and it's just going to could ruin him. I mean, if he plays, he has to play through the middle. He can't play in one of the the wide. He doesn't have the game intelligence areas, to no. play there. He has to all. play through the middle. And I would, if you were going to play him, I'd play him with Maguire off him and then McGeady one side and Watmore the other. I thought Watmore did make a difference when he, he came on, but the problem with him is. He looks great one week, and then the next week he kind of dropped a bag of cement. The ball's bouncing off him. He's yeah. falling over. He's slipping about. Um, so you just got to hope. I, I would play what more tomorrow. Um, move Maguire in behind whoever's the forward, and and put McGeady on the other side. Um, Ledbetter has to come out for me. Mm-hmm. Don't think he should be. I mean, so if Dobson's I mean, suspended, led but it comes out. Who would you like to? Um, to it would have to be McGee. I'd, I'd just put McGeoch and Power in there. Get yeah. Ethan Robson back. Yeah, it would have to be McGeoch and yeah. Power because I don't think Ledbit is anywhere near. Would people get Ethan Robson back? Be. Well, he's not going to come back. No, but like, but, but no, he's not. <laughs> 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 but generally speaking, I've never, I've not seen him. Their but manager, what you've seen, their him? manager got sacked in there in the week. Right, but what you've seen of him? I've, I've saw, I saw him score two goals. He's got a bit height, a bit power. He's you know he's he's always looked all right really something Rel- a little, relatively something, speaking something he's a little bit different yeah mm. I mean Dobson at the weekend was atrocious yeah I know McGee McGee sort of split people's opinions but I think he's a decent footballer and he 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 should be put in at the moment um, you know he didn't do co- enough against Leicester kids no. though did he I think but then I guess but he's I, given I'm a chance I'm not I'm not a massive advocate of him but at the same yeah. time people have been given plenty chances that he hasn't had and have performed yeah. dreadfully so at yeah. least yeah enough yeah. Yeah, I mean, a couple of years ago, you know, him and McGinn, who's now playing for Villa, you know, he's probably going to go on to, to higher things as well, were, were fantastic for Hibs in the middle of midfield. And he's just another player who's come to Sunderland and, and hasn't done what we're expecting him to do. And you, you've got to get a situation where you say it's not always, it cannot always be the players. No. You know? Absolutely. Right. I'll I mean, done. well, if McLaughlin's back, is there an argument to put all nine? I would definitely prefer to see all nine play in the midfield, even though I do think ironically he's a better right back. Agree. Than yeah. at, the, at the minute, there's nobody in the midfield doing enough exactly. for all nine not to play there. Yeah. Yep. So I'd take that little bit of a sacrifice of having McLaughlin playing that right back and push yeah. all nine to the midfield. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Right. We're all going out on something we agree with, and we've, we're even praising Luke Lyon. So Luke all nine. So Luke praising Luke all nine. So loads of you will, loads of you will appreciate that. Okay. And Matthew's throwing his phone out the window. Yeah. Soz for being negative, <laughs> hell. But thanks for listening. From the terraces.co.uk, code out WMS10. Get yourself over there. Three tickets left for the live show, Fiverr, 6th of December. Go to wisemensay.co.uk uh, to get your ticket for that. Say thanks for listening again. Thanks for listening.
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.